Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the parables of Jesus. Uh, Jesus spoke in parables that those who did not see would not see, and those that did not hear would not hear. He spoke to those without with parables, but the disciples heard the parables, and they often asked, hey, what do these things mean? So we've been going through the various parables. We're jumping into the middle of a passage right now in Matthew 18 is where we started, and we're actually going to check the cross-references. Uh, today we probably won't get to the cross-references because of the length of where we are. We looked at the first five verses of Matthew 18 in the previous episode, and I'm literally picking it up in the middle of a sentence right here in verse 6. But I want us to uh, see the context of it. So often uh, the parables of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus on the kingdom of God, are taken out of the context. Okay? Now, I'm not talking from a malicious point of view. It's just that we'll read the passage, we'll read the story, but we don't read what happened before Jesus told that story. We don't see what's going on in the midst of Jesus when the people are gathering around with him, what's happening day to day with him. And that kind of stuff is sort of important to know, to give a proper understanding of why Jesus would tell a particular parable at a particular time. And then when you look at... Uh, all the Gospels, particularly Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when they have um, accounts of the same thing, each one brings little nuances to it, okay? So here's Matthew 18, beginning with verse 6. We're starting in the middle of a sentence, and Jesus is speaking. He says this, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of of the sea. Now, remember, Jesus had reached out and uh, grabbed a, a little child, grabbed, <laughs> brought a little child to him because the disciples were in the midst of an argument. And the argument was, which one of us is the greatest? Which is the greatest of us that are following him right now? <laughs> People still do that today. Nowadays, though, we're really slick with it. We give ourselves fancy titles, fancy power position, uh, fancy uh, stair, letter, ladder kind of uh, steps upward, upward, upward to where we are the greatest, right? So Jesus is speaking of the children. He says, you must come even as these, child's, these children do and come humbly before one another and honor one another. And he says this, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. He's speaking, and he's got a child right there, and he's using the child as an example, no doubt. But notice what he says. The little ones, whoever believe in me, it's not necessarily, not necessarily chronologically the little one, okay? It could be that he's speaking, anyone who believes in me, if someone causes them to stumble, it's better to have a heavy millstone thrown around your neck and drown. That is serious stuff. The Lord does not want us to cause one another to stumble, particularly within the arena of leadership. You know, if, if you're in leadership in any form of fashion, and everyone who is a believer leads in some form of fashion, you know, we don't like to think of it that way, but we do. Our lives are a very example of the leading of the Lord. But do not leave. Lead one another astray. Look what Jesus says in verse 7. Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come. 
but woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes. So he says you can expect the world to bring stumbling blocks. We know that. We understand that. But the ones who bring stumbling, the man that brings stumbling to those who believe, woe to him. Then he continues on, verse 8. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into the eternal fire. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be cast into the fiery hell. <coughs> so this is a, wow, this is some tough teaching on the part of Jesus. Now, does Jesus mean in the verses 8 and 9 that to literally cut off your feet? Does he mean to literally cut off your hands? Uh, there have been uh, times and uh, errors and places like that where people have believed that and have done exactly that. They have removed the bodily part that they thought was causing them a problem. The problem with that is that's not exactly what's being said here. What he's saying is you need to deal with these issues. Okay, you need to deal with what's happening here. And it's not necessarily that you cut your hand off because you're still going to have the same motivation within your heart. It's not that you pluck your eye out where you can't see anymore because the eye is not necessarily the problem. It's the heart that is guiding the eye. So he's saying you need to deal with these things. Also, something else he's saying. He says it's better to deal with these things now than to be cast into eternal fire and into fiery fire. He describes it twice. You know, uh, there's a, a becoming more and more common teaching nowadays that God really loves all mankind and he loves us so much that there's no way, no matter how evil somebody is, God created them and he made them, so he's not going to cast them into a lake of fire. Simply not true. You see it all through Scripture. Jesus is speaking of it here. Okay, He's speaking of it. Now, that doesn't mean that we uh, have the ability to come back and just belittle people and be hateful to people and not love them. No, 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 no. But the Lord here mentions and speaks of eternal fire. He mentions fiery hell. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. So then he continues, verse 10. Jesus speaks, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you, that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Now, the Lord is dropping some serious things right here for us to understand. They probably understand them better than we do. We, within our enlightened Western mindset, I hope you hear my tongue in my cheek there, think we have understanding about all this, and we don't. He's telling them, he says, you don't despise these little ones who come before me, particularly the children, <coughs> but even the adults who believe and come. Why? Because they're angels. They have angels. They're angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So here Jesus is declaring that the Most High God is his Father, is declaring that he's in heaven, declaring that the angels that all of us have see the face of my Father, and we don't need to despise anybody, much less little ones who believe. You do not despise in that way. I think there's probably a lot more to this verse right here that I'm not going to get into right now because of the subject matter of what we're getting into. Uh, but as far as the divine counsel, understanding of the Scripture, which we've talked about a lot in times past and here and there, 
Um, there's some serious things right here for us to understand. Now, last verse we're going to look at today. Uh, verse 11 says this, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Matthew tells us right here that the Son of Man has come to save the ones that are lost. Therefore, what? Do not despise these little ones. Get over this argument y'all are having. Remember, that's the context. What are you doing arguing over who's the greatest among you? Now, verse 12, which we'll look at in the next episode, is actually the, the parable part of this thing. All this at the beginning, verse 1 through 11, is setting up the context and the environment and what Jesus had been saying to them when he comes along and starts talking about the hundred sheep and one being lost. Yeah, it brings a little more intensity to the thing. It's not just a cute little sheep story. There's a lot more to it than that. So for us today, where does that leave us? Folks, don't despise. Don't despise those who believe. Don't argue over such. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.